Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about nutrition for hypertrophy, aka muscle growth. I had a ton of people request this as a series after we did the Nutrition for Fat Loss series and the Individual Program Design series. So we've done nutrition, we've done training, and I had a lot of people reaching out and said, I wanna learn about nutrition for muscle growth. How do I optimize my diet to build more muscle, gain weight, so on and so forth, good weight? And as much as I would love to do a five, six, seven, eight part series like we did with the other ones, Nutrition for hypertrophy is extremely simple and we're going to boil it down into one video. So I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about this in this video. If there's anything out of the context of what we discussed today for nutrition inside of hypertrophy, you can actually go back to the nutrition for fat loss series and listen to that to get the ins and outs of things like fiber, micronutrients, water intake, things like that. They still apply in the same context as nutrition for hypertrophy. 80 to 90% of your diet should be whole foods. 10 to 20 can be whatever the hell you want. You still need 10 to 15 grams of fiber per thousand calories. You still need water. You still need sodium. You still need vitamins and minerals. All the stuff we discussed in nutrition for fat loss greatly applies for nutrition for hypertrophy. So today what we're going to talk about is specifically calories, protein, fats, and carbs. I'm going to dive into what your intake should look like when it comes to nutrition for hypertrophy. And one of the reasons why I really didn't want to do a series on this is because we could scratch all this and boil it down to one simple thing. Eat more goddamn food. A lot of people complain about I'm eating enough food, I'm eating so much I'm not getting size. And when you actually calculate their calories, you actually dive in, they're really not eating that much. And if they were, they would be gaining weight. Now, I don't personally have this problem because I absolutely love food and I was a fat kid growing up. So for me to gain size, gain muscle and eat in a surplus is really easy. But for some people, it's actually difficult to get enough calories. And this is actually where you should probably lower that percentage of whole foods down to like 70 to 80%. Because if your diet and trying to eat enough calories is coming all from broccoli, spinach, fruit, you're getting chicken and stuff like that, you're not maximizing the amount of calories per actual food that you were eating. So your actual intake isn't calorically dense enough. So instead of eating chicken breasts, opt for salmon or whole eggs or red meat steak, pork tenderloin, things like that. Why? Because they do have more fat in it. They do have more calories per gram. You're going to get more calories out of that meal, meaning your calories are gonna be more easily met without actually eating more volume of food. You shouldn't be eating big romaine lettuce salads when you're on a gaining plan. You should be doing that when you're in a deficit. Because when I'm in a deficit, I can make a salad that's in a huge bowl to serve a party of five just to myself. I can have olives and hard-boiled eggs and chicken and turkey bacon and low-fat dressing and a ton of romaine lettuce, all this food. It's a ton of volume, but it's a lot less calories. That is perfect for a deficit. But we don't want to get really full when we're trying to gain size or muscle. 
we want to maximize the amount of calories in everything we eat. So we should be eating steak, we should be eating salmon. We do still need some produce, like some veggies and getting your greens and stuff, but we don't wanna load up our carbs on high fiber fruits and vegetables. We wanna load up our carbs on things like white rice. Super easy to digest, super easy to consume a ton of carbs from. We wanna implement things like highly branched cyclic dextrin. We can drive more carbs into our body around our training. We get more calories in and we don't even get full from it. We don't even realize we're consuming it. So the main point here before I dive into the actual macros and calories of this thing, creating a prescription, is just saying you should really be focused on maximizing the amount of calories per volume of food. Op complete opposite way as you should on a diet. Again, we don't want to eat foods that are super filling and low calorie. We want to eat foods that aren't as filling and are very calorically dense because then we can more easily hit our calories without getting very bloated and full. This is why, shout out to Stan Efforting, who I've had on the podcast and had some conversations with, really good guy. He kind of popularized this theory with the vertical diet without even really claiming it was a hypertrophy-based diet. He was doing it for muscle performance and gut health, but it works really well for hypertrophy. Why? Because you're eating a ton of whole eggs, high-fat salmon, steak, and white rice. Again, all easy-to-digest foods, all very nutrient-dense foods besides the white rice, and all very calorically-dense foods. So now we can drive our calories up, we can keep digestion healthy, we don't get super bloated, and our digestion and absorption of the actual nutrients we are consuming is getting more better utilized. We are easily utilizing these fuels because they're so easy to digest. And this is why gut health is extremely important when you're trying to go into a surplus to gain size. So just to recap that real quick before we dive into the specific calories and macros, I just want to make sure people understand that you are still getting nutrient-dense foods. You are still maximizing sodium and water and the things we talked about in the Nutrition for Fat Loss series. I'll link that in the description of this video and podcast so you can go watch those. That stuff is really important, but what we also want to do is we want to make sure that we're not getting a ton of volume of food. We're getting calorically dense food. So don't eat massive salads to try to eat as much as possible with as little calories as possible. Eat calorically dense foods. Go eat a steak with white rice with some butter on top. That is a lot of calories and it's a ton of good nutrients. We also wanna make sure that we are picking very easy to digest foods. The more calories we consume, the harder it is for our body to actually break down those foods, which means if we want to maximize our potential in the gym and to maximize muscle growth, we need to make sure that digestion and absorption is spot on. I don't want people relying on probiotics every day. You can supplement with things like apple cider vinegar capsules, digestive enzymes, so on and so forth, that will help digestion. However, we should be optimizing our foods to aid digestion versus being on a dirty bulk like we used to do back in the day and just eat as much food as possible, your gut becomes a wreck, you're not assimilating those nutrients properly to maximize gains. And stay relatively lean. We shouldn't get fat in the process of muscle growth. We should try to stay as lean as possible. Now, when we get into the calories of things, there's two specific things that we can do. We can do a generic calculation, which is gonna be body weight times anywhere between 16 to 20 uh, calories. So basically your body weight times 16, 18, or 20, that's gonna give you your calories. Sometimes this works really well, other times it's far off. What you wanna make sure that you're not doing is if you're consuming 2,000 calories as of right now, you calculate your body weight by 16 and it gives you 2,800, you don't wanna add 800 calories overnight. Your gut's gonna be a wreck and your metabolism is not gonna be able to keep up with it. You're gonna gain fat, you're not gonna gain muscle. But what that tells you is that you're dramatically under eating, which is why I think a generic calculator is actually really helpful. It doesn't mean like, boom, we eat this many calories. What it means is, hey, here's our North Star. 
Here's what we're going to start working to. So what you might want to do is actually reverse diet from where you're at right now up to that 16 to 20 calories uh, per gram mark. So if we calculate this and we're 800 calories away, we might add 50 to 100 calories every one to two weeks, just like a classic reverse diet until we get to that point. We're not gonna discuss how we would raise those calories because one, that's very individual. We would have to actually work with a client to determine what we really wanna do in that scenario. But also that stuff comes down here when we talk about the actual macros. But in general, we wanna be somewhere between that 16 to 20 times our body weight in calories. What I have noticed in my experience is that it's usually more often closer to 16. A lot of people say eat, eat, eat. The more advanced you get, the less of a surplus you need. And what I mean by that is, we don't wanna to add too many calories when we're almost at our genetic potential in the first place. For example, I've been training for over eight years now. I can't build as much muscle as I could have when I was 18 years old. So I'm not going to add 500 calories to my diet and assume that's gonna magically help me grow muscle. I need to optimize my training, I need to optimize my nutrient timing, I need to sleep better, I need to maximize my testosterone, I need to do everything I can before I jump calories up because I could build muscle at maintenance if I optimize everything else in my life. What that also means is that I should probably start with a very small surplus because I'm more advanced. Now, to get more specific with these calories, the best thing for most people to do is to actually just go three to 10% above maintenance. So even better than taking a generic calculation, which I still think everybody watching this, whether you currently track macros or not, should do that generic calculation because it's gonna give you a better idea again of that North Star, where you should actually be. It shows you how far away you are. Just like in the fat loss scenario, you should multiply your body weight by 10 to 14. Those should be fat loss macros and calories. If you are way over that or way under that, you know you're not in a good place to actually lose fat. It doesn't mean you jump right to those numbers. It just tells you like, this is where ideally I should be at and where I should slowly work to so my body can start to get in the rhythm of losing fat. And in this case, of building muscle. So when we look at specificity of calories, we wanna find maintenance first. So you can do that by calculating your body weight by about 13 to 15. Sometimes that gives people maintenance. Again, it's very, very generic. Um, 13 is for more sedentary people, 15 for more active people, and that's just the maintenance calories what it takes for your body to not change. Just maintain your weight week after week. More specifically, you're gonna track your food for at least five, but ideally up to two weeks. So if you track your calories for two weeks, you weigh in every single day for two full weeks, you can get your weekly average intake and your weekly average weight. If you notice by the end of two weeks that you have maintained your weight steadily and you have been consuming on average 2,100 calories, that tells us that your maintenance calories is 2,100. Let's say you did the calculation that I mentioned earlier. You did, we'll go in the middle, 14 times your body weight, 15 times your body weight, and it told you that your maintenance calories were 2,400. But what you're eating right now to maintain weight is 2,100. That's perfect because your true maintenance is that 2,100. That's actually realistic. That's taking into consideration your lifestyle, your activity level, your muscle mass, your hormones. A calculator online will not do that for you. And that's why when you work with a coach, we factor in all these lifestyle factors, exercise factors, hormone factors, diet history, metabolic history, all these things determine your maintenance. Even if the calculator says you ideally should be higher, if you feel fine, your biofeedback's good, who cares what the calculator says? Look at your true maintenance and then add three to 10% above maintenance. That will be your starting calories for your muscle gain phase. 
10% is for newbies, beginners, intermediates, or people who are dramatically changing their training and or want to see dramatic improvements in muscle mass and weight and are okay with gaining fat. If you are brand new to training, you can easily go out at 10% above uh, maintenance, so go into a 10% surplus while implementing training because you're a newbie and you won't gain a ton of fat. You're brand new to training, you're gonna build muscle pretty quickly. If you are more advanced, you have to lean closer to that 3%. If you are dramatically changing your training, you can go a little bit higher as well. Because as you add volume to your training, as you add intensity to your training, as you change your training, you're gonna need more food and calories in order to recover from that training. Meaning, you can actually be a bit more in a surplus safely without gaining fat because those calories are gonna be distributed to build more muscle. But in most cases, what I have noticed in my experience with uh, clients and with myself, I really do lean closer to that three to 5% above maintenance because it's far less likely to gain fat. And most people I talk to do not wanna gain fat. They want a lean gain approach. Some will argue that a lean gain approach is not optimal because you're not in a big enough surplus to gain enough total weight to build a lot of muscle. And I would agree with that to an extent. The problem with this is, is as we start gaining fat, we are going to have to pull back and mini cut every once in a while. And unless you are an advanced bodybuilder who doesn't have an emotional buy-in to what they look like in the mirror, they are strictly there for the sport, I don't think that's the best approach. I think a better approach is a small surplus, gain weight slowly so you know you're not gaining much fat, if any at all. And you can be satisfied with small amounts of muscle growth. Because if we look at, and this is kind of a funny analogy, but if we look at a pound of muscle, maybe it takes you a month some advanced lifters, two months to build a pound of muscle. That's a lot of muscle. It doesn't sound like much because you can lose well over a pound of fat, but with muscle, think about a steak. If you put a 16 ounce steak on your body, a little bit on each muscle group that you're training, that's a lot of muscle. And over six months, if you build three to six pounds, that's three to six full 16 ounce steaks across your body, which is again, a funny analogy, but it kind of paints a picture of how much muscle actually weighs because it's way more dense than body fat is. Now, we've covered this. You figure out your maintenance, you go into a surplus. For most people, I would recommend three to 5% over your maintenance. The more advanced you get, the smaller your surplus should be. There's some people that will even argue 1% of a surplus for extremely advanced individuals. The problem with that is you won't even notice it. That can be 25 calories for some people, 50 calories for some people. I don't think it's worth it. You need to give your body a little bit more because most people's uh, metabolism will adapt quickly and it will, add calories, drop down, add calories, drop down. So your weight never increases and we need that weight increase to successfully build muscle and achieve hypertrophy. So we're gonna move on to protein, but again, 16 to 20 is the generic calculation. Uh, to get specific, find your maintenance calories by tracking your weight, tracking your macros over the course of one to two weeks, determine what your average intake is. That's your true maintenance based on your physiology and your activity levels, and then go into a three to 10% surplus. The more advanced you are, the lower that number should be. The more new you are to training and dieting, the higher that number can be. Next is protein. Protein is very simple. Most people will just say eat a gram per pound of body weight. 100% agree. It's the easiest way to go because it's right in the middle. The minimum that I would recommend is 0.8 grams. Most studies will show 0.7 to 0.8 grams being all you need to maximize muscle growth. And that's very true. Most studies done on athletic populations looking at protein will show 0.7 to 0.8 grams per pound is ideal. However, what I will say is a lot of these studies, A, aren't done on people who are truly training with high volumes, and B, 
a lot of them use strictly whey protein. When they do these studies, a lot of times they are funded by protein supplement companies and it's easy to make sure people are getting high protein diets by just supplementing whey. There's nothing wrong with that, but whey is very bioavailable. It's one of the best and easiest assimilated proteins we can consume to build muscle. It's not realistic though. Most people eat a lot of food in their diet, not just meat. So unless you're on a carnivore diet, which I don't recommend to anybody, this is probably not realistic because if I'm doing 0.8 grams per pound, I'm getting less than my body weight in protein. Great. But 20 to 50 grams of that protein is coming from protein from bread, oats, rice, potatoes, broccoli, kale, Brussels sprouts, all these vegetables and produce sources that actually have protein in it. These are plant-based proteins that are lower and less rich in proper amino acids that we need to build muscle. This is why a vegetarian diet might not be the most optimal thing for maximal muscle growth. So this may be the minimum, but what I typically recommend is one to 1.1 grams per pound for most people, and sometimes a maximum of 1.2 to 1.5 grams per pound the reason I recommend this is because as we go into a surplus, think of it like this. If you were at one gram per pound on a deficit, that's probably okay because your carbs and fats are gonna be lower, you're trying to achieve a deficit, therefore the amount of plant-based proteins you're getting in actually isn't gonna be that high because you're eating less food. So that's probably safe. However, there's also studies that show going closer to 1.2 to 1.5 grams per pound is safer during a diet because you're more likely to maintain muscle mass. So there's an argument for that too. But when we think about hypertrophy, we gotta remember that the minimum may be the minimum in theory with science. But if we're thinking about maximum hypertrophy and we are driving ourselves into a caloric surplus, we are gonna be driving up oats, rice, potatoes, all those different carb sources I talked about, fats as well, peanut butter, nut butters, avocados, all these oils and things like that. All these trace proteins add up by the end of the day and we are consuming more and more of those trace proteins, of those non-bioavailable, those non-optimal protein sources, which means we should probably go closer to one to 1.5, this effective and maximum amount of protein, because that means we're gonna actually get 0.8 to one grams per pound of bioavailable protein. This is why a lot of bodybuilders will increase protein above a gram per pound. It's also why a lot of us coaches will increase protein as we reverse diet. Because as we reverse diet and bring carbs up, we are also bringing up trace protein, which means we're getting less bioavailable protein. So if you add 20 grams of carbs, you should probably add three to five grams of protein. So what I'm gonna recommend everybody watching this do if you are looking for maximum muscle gain, I'm gonna say you should stay in the effective and maximum, at least one gram per pound, but more likely 1.1 to 1.3 grams per pound. I don't tend to go up to 1.5, however, there is a place for it. It's totally safe to do, and if you enjoy eating protein, that's fine. However, protein is very satiating, so it can potentially leave you more full, less hungry for things like carbs, which we need to gain muscle. So I personally think my sweet spot for most of my clients and myself when I'm trying to achieve maximal hypertrophy is gonna be 1.1 to 1.3 grams per pound. Next, we move on to fats. I have this broken into three categories as well, minimum, effective, and maximum. Minimum is gonna be 20% of calories or 0.3 grams per pound. This is the lowest I will go with a client because any lower than that, I feel that we are starting to possibly negatively affect hormones. 
Fats are the biggest precursor for hormones. We know that. The nervous system also runs on fats as well. It runs on carbs, but we need fats to properly fuel our nervous system and our hormonal system. If we go below 0.3 grams per pound or 20% of our calories, we're kind of dancing on a fine line, getting dangerous with our hormones, and we need healthy hormones to achieve any result. Health, fat loss, muscle growth, strength, anything. However, if we are in a caloric surplus, this kind of doesn't matter because calories are the biggest determining factor for everything. Fat loss, muscle growth, and even hormones. So yes, fat contributes to hormones, but if our calories are at maintenance or a surplus, it's not gonna matter as much. We're probably gonna be okay regardless. In fact, there was a client inside the, the Boom Boom Elite who wanted to test his limits with this, and he dropped carbs really low to a point where I actually advised him to bring them up but he went and got his hormones tested. And again, this is just anecdote. This is just a, a personal experience with a client. All of his hormones were through the roof. They were amazing because he was in a caloric surplus and he was eating a lot of carbs. So many carbs, I didn't know how he was keeping his fat so low, but he was successfully doing that and he was actively building muscle and keeping his hormones healthy. Was it because carbs provide more health to your hormones? No, it's because calories matter most. So although these are recommendations, I don't think anything's written in stone and you have to kind of feel out the process yourself. However, I still do think the most effective thing for muscle growth, hormones, satiety, and flexibility with your diet, because if you try to go to an ultra high carb diet, which does work and keep fats extremely low, it's just really hard to plan your day. It's really hard to be flexible. It's really hard to get variety because it's hard to keep fats that low and only consume carbs that have no or little fat in them. So we have 20% of calories or 0.3 grams per pound as the minimum. Effective is 25% or 0.4. This is where I like to stay with most clients and with myself. You're satiated, your hormones are fine, your nervous system is fine. It provides you enough flexibility, but we're not going too far ahead. And then the maximum I would recommend is 30% of calories or 0.5 grams per pound. In a muscle growth scenario, I really do not recommend that. However, I do wanna put the maximum amount there so people can try to be flexible and design this for themselves. The thing I will say about fats before we move on to carbs is that fats kind of have this minimum threshold. There's a point in fats, which I kind of find is in between here, 0.3 to 0.4. If we're hitting that amount, everything is healthy. If we go above that amount, we're not supercharging our hormones. We're not getting healthier. Yes, they have nutrients in them. Yes, they have benefits, but it's not necessarily creating more optimal uh, scenarios or more benefits to us. I would rather get those calories from carbs because those are gonna support muscle growth more. What I mean by this, 0.4 grams per pound might optimize testosterone. 0.6 grams per pound isn't going to supercharge testosterone. It's not TRT, it's not a steroid. It's not gonna work that way. So you're not gonna necessarily get more benefit from any of these. This is your minimum threshold. When you go to 0.4, 0.5, it's purely for your personal preference, adherence, and flexibility within the diet. So if you're here specifically for hypertrophy, I would really suggest staying within here because anything above that isn't going to contribute to more muscle. The more room we have in calories for carbohydrates will contribute to muscle. That's going to lead to potentially greater levels of muscle protein synthesis because Carbs are a very protein sparing nutrient. It's gonna to contribute to more performance, which is gonna to lead to more volume and progressive overload, which is directly going to lead to more breakdown and recovery, which is going to lead to more growth. Fats don't support anaerobic performance. So they're not going to support bodybuilding training. So if we are trying to build muscle, we've set our calories, we've set our protein, 
I recommend three to 5% in a surplus to keep your body lean while you gain. I recommend around 1.1 to 1.3 grams per pound of protein so you get enough protein and it's all bioavailable. I recommend 20 to 25% of calories or 0.3 to 0.4 grams per pound in fat. It's enough to support hormones and nervous system, but it's not too much to where you just start storing it as fat. And during a hypertrophy caloric surplus, we need to be careful about just storing fat. If we're getting nutrients at a level we're supporting, anything above that is not doing anything extra for growth and staying lean, it's doing that for fat uh, accumulation. So the last thing we have is carbs. It's whatever's left. So there's no calculations for us to do here. After you've done all this, you literally take the rest of your calories and you just give them to carbs. So let's say you have 1500 calories left after your calculations. Then you simply contribute all those to carbs. 1500 divided by four, boom, that's your carb macro. Again, I typically recommend a high protein, high carb, low to moderate fat diet during hypertrophy uh, phases because it has proven time and time again to help my clients perform better, recover better, and stay actually lean during the process because the actual physiological process of your body taking carbohydrates and storing them as fat is much more difficult than taking fat and storing it as fat, which makes sense. They're lipids. Fats on your body are lipids. It makes a lot of sense. But the process to store carbs as fat is difficult. So your body preferentially uses carbs as fuel, which we know. Because of that, I think it's much more effective to have a high carb diet on a gaining plan. So nutrition for hypertrophy. Boil down into a few points. Eat 70% quote unquote clean food. I think it's okay to say that. Whole foods. Get your nutrients in. We need to have fiber. We need to have good sodium. We need to have good water. We need to get colors in our diet. We need to eat real meats and fish and eggs and things like that. We want nutrient-dense foods. We want to eat calorically dense foods. So stay away from massive salads. Focus on steak with a little bit of broccoli and maybe a bunch of white rice. Like that's a good whole meal with good fats, good proteins, good starches that are easy to digest, which is my next point. Easily digestible foods. You are eating in a surplus. You don't want to feel bloated and lethargic. That is not a good sign. It means your body is not taking nutrients and utilizing them properly. So things like the vertical diet by Stan Efferding work really well. White rice, red meats, whole eggs, easy to digestible uh, vegetables and fruit, you're golden. Have your calories at three to 5% above maintenance ideally, but 10% above maintenance maximally. Keep your protein between 1.1 to 1.3 grams per pound, so you're getting enough bioavailable protein. Stay between 0.3 to 0.4 grams per pound of fat. And last but not least, give the rest of your calories to carbs. Spread those out evenly across the day. Build more muscle. Guys, that is nutrition for hypertrophy boiled down into however long this video was. I hope you liked that. I hope you took a lot away from it. If you have questions, as always, please reach out, um, and I will catch you next time on the Boom Boom Forms podcast and YouTube channel. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign up or click the link in the show notes 
to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.